Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and this episode we're going to be talking about how to get happier by using the Swedish philosophy of Lagom. Lagom. Or lagom. Lagom. I'm trying to say it with a Swedish accent, but I'm not going to uh, be successful in that. It's really interesting that Sweden has a uh, philosophy on how to stay happy. Is that what you said? <laughs> well, we're going to get into what the whole philosophy is all about. And I will start with a quote because I love quotes and I like to incorporate one into every episode. This one is by a monk, writer, social activist, among other things. His name is Thomas Merton. And the quote is, happiness is not a matter of intensity, but of balance, order, rhythm, and harmony. Hmm. That makes sense. And we'll see how it fits into this philosophy as we move through the podcast episode. It's a lot more cheery than what I've heard. Like, you know, the the Beatles always said, happiness is a warm gun. I don't know about that one. What? No, the song, happiness is a warm gun. You never heard that song? No, I haven't. It doesn't sound very Beatly. Yeah, they they made some very, very abrasive and weird songs. You know what else is abrasive? Jeff recently threw his back out. Oh, did I ever? Yeah. It was uh it was quite a thing. He was fully laid out for, yeah, for well, a good week. For a full week, yeah. I was uh I was taking the groceries out of the back of our Subaru and I had too heavy a bag and it I was twisted sideways and that's all it took. I know. I think at our age sometimes you just look or even think the wrong way and we throw out our backs. So yeah. Anyway, he is recovered and yeah, summer's on. wrapping up a bit, so we're getting back into the groove. Hope to have more episodes coming at you throughout the fall than we have over the last little bit. And yeah, getting Life back just into gets routine. Busy, man, and we just get, we'll get back to it. Uh, some other cool updates. Mark Marin. Yes. Let's talk about the little shout out he gave to you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I kind of know from chatting with him in the past that he doesn't really appreciate the band Fish. And he was playing uh, his guitar in his in his home. Um, we should say that this is on Instagram Live. And this is on Instagram this Live. This is in yeah, Jeff sitting I wasn't in Mark there, Barron's yeah. garage and chatting with him. Amy was the one that got me into <laughs> following him because I, I, I kind of gave him a chance. I just find him a bit, he's too much of a jerk for me to really truly like like he'll just he'll he'll just dig into somebody for no reason whatsoever and that's kind a, of his thing though i i know but it's like it's so uncalled for sometimes like i just don't i can't jive with it i really can't he just seems way too abrasive anyway i i was obviously pushing his buttons and, and he was asking people what he should play and i said oh play some fish and he's like not a chance and he swore at me uh, looked, Jeff McLennan or whatever. He, looked, like, or, he, could see, yeah. he squint, squinted into the yeah, screen so he could read the name. So anyway, that was funny. That was a nice shout out. Thanks, yeah. Mark Maron. Mark Maron. Shouting out to Jeff with the four-letter word involved. Is the only person I think, honestly, that I know that doesn't like me. And he's never met me. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like me. Yeah, and that's okay. There is nobody else in this world who doesn't like you. It's kind of mutual, though. It's kind of mutual. I don't like him. 
Yeah. Are you going to stop watching his Facebook lives now? Oh yeah, I have. I actually saw just it, one just came up in my Instagram feed or whatever, and he was uh, in Brooklyn where we went to see Yola Tango. Okay. At the uh, oh, what was the name of that place? King's Theater in Brooklyn. Uh, he saw uh, Pavement. Okay. He was all by his lonesome up there, like a king looking down on in the balcony on in. Well, just were him. we in the balcony? No, I mean we were, like we were no, in the nosebleed section. I mean one of those like individual like one person. <laughs> oh, the boxes. Seats. Yeah, the boxes. That's. Oh it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So let's. I want to. I want to bring up a little. I told you so moment because okay. I just love this one. Whenever Jeff puts something on our stovetop. He, he just randomly will throw things on the stovetop. Like it could be a newspaper, a dish towel, whatever. And I always move it off. And yeah. you're always like, why? What are the chances? It's not turned on. It can't be turned on easily. The burners are cool. Don't worry about it. So then we were watching an episode of Somebody Feed Phil, which is one of our new Netflix binge shows. If you haven't checked it out, check out Somebody Feed Phil. It's pretty good. And Phil references just very quickly in some background story that a friend of his put a dish towel on her stovetop and burnt down her entire house. Really? I missed that. There must have been one I didn't watch. What? I don't I th- believe I, you. I, I thought you... <laughs> I believe you. I'm okay. Especially if you just put it on top of the, uh, of the stove and then leave the house. That would be... Well, really I mean, bad. if the burner's hot you can just go in the other room and it could put it go up in flames pretty quickly so people don't put stuff on the top of your stove unless it's a pot or a thing that's meant to cook with i wonder if there's a dish towel on the stove right now there is not there is not <laughs> i did a scan before we started recording i know i don't want to burn down works. our house unlike you want to burn down our house <laughs> yes somebody feed fills actually by the writer creator of somebody loves raymond he and produced it Phil, too. Phil Rosenthal. I think he did mm. everything around it. I can't think of all the credits, but yeah. pretty much everything that had to do with that sitcom, it was all Phil. So check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. All right. Let's get back into La Gomme. La so La Gomme is essentially, think of Goldilocks. You know when she tries out the beds and one's too soft and one's too hard and one's just right the whole concept is just the right amount just enough is all you need that too much of anything is not necessarily better and that's the whole idea it's a lifestyle rooted in balance which is why my quote focused on balance we talked about it briefly in the car on the way to miss peck and i was saying that uh you know, it's a great it's a great idea the whole balance of life, but it seems like people just naturally go for more. Well, yeah, I mean, so I read a few different articles about this. One of the main articles I'll just make mention of because I did draw a lot of content from it. It's an article by a philosophy teacher who teaches at Oxford. His name is Johnny Thompson. So he wrote an article on Lagom, and it's on the website big think so Mm -hmm. if you want to check it out in a little bit more detail but he gives examples of how people do just that how they want more of something so for instance people are out drinking and they all just want one more drink or stay out for one more hour yeah and then all of a sudden it's closing time and every bar is playing the song closing time (laughs) closing time (laughs) i won't lie i've been in the bar in my 20s when the lights come on and you don't want the night to end but also another example would be you're eating great food and you're full but then all of a sudden you just have those few extra bites you try to have a little bit more of that good good thing and then now you're uncomfortable yeah or 
you know, you really love clothing and you just keep buying and buying to the point that you have so much clothing that there's no way you could possibly ever wear it and enjoy it all, but you just go to and access. Yeah. So this idea that humans have this unquenchable thirst, insatiable appetite, it's something that's found in a lot of ancient religions such as Buddhism, Hinduism. They talk about this, this idea that humans are drawn to excess. So Swedish philosophy of Lagom is based on that age-old wisdom and focusing on finding contentment in just being satisfied. But it's interesting, though, because what satisfies one person in their life may actually represent more to another person. So it's a personal thing, really. It's a personal philosophy, not one that is like universal for every person. Well, I think the idea of implementing the philosophy can be universal, but the level that's required to reach satisfaction is unique to the individual. Yes, that makes sense. So, for instance, for one person, they might be able to eat more of the pie. Yeah. (laughs) If we're going to use food as a literal example. Uh, But it's still the idea of not doing something to access whatever your personal level of satisfaction may be. So what if a person finds themselves in a situation where they already have too much? So they want to go backwards with what they own, for example. Then Then they sort of get into the realm of minimalism. Because they kind of move away from having too much or even just enough. Well, yes. And some people will go to extremes where they basically get rid of all possessions. But again, not going to the extreme of too little is also part of Lagom. It's it's not too much or too little. It's the exact happy medium. But if you do already find yourself in a place of an extreme of possessions, check out our earlier episodes on KonMari where we go through the entire KonMari method. And it was very early episodes. You have to scroll back in the catalog. And and, uh, I think it's single digit episodes. So check those out. Yeah. Well, it was when the KonMari craze, I think, was just starting. It was, well, even before it hit Netflix, I had read the book and uh, drank the Kool-Aid and was fully on board. It's, uh, It's a great concept and it's an idea too of having only things in your life that bring joy so when we've you th- discovered that uh con marion is something that needs to be constantly kept up if it's going to be effective well, and we, we we do but like not you know not to the extreme that we did when we first took on con marion oh yes you know i think you definitely have to it, we, it's like anything you can backslide in the effort that you made and you have yeah. to keep at it so back to this philosophy it, it also looks at the fact that wellness is having a balance among the different aspects of your life so when we look at our work our career our family our friends our health are we providing a sort of a balance amongst all those things or are we very very focused in access toward one you know aspect of our life to the point that other aspects are suffering right you got to have that equal balance with all exactly and i think a key aspect when you're looking at this idea of balance and just enough is money money yeah look around finances so i'm going to go through a few ways that you can incorporate the philosophy of Lagom in your life in a practical way to find balance and, and to make sure that uh, you know you can be content with where you're at, what you have. And money is definitely a, a good example. I remember a study a few years ago where there was uh, a certain level, an income level, that once you're there, then anything beyond that did not increase your level of happiness. 
And oh, yeah. of course that varies depending on where you're listening at, you know, if you're different areas of the world and the cost of living. So the idea was that if you have enough money for a roof over your head, that you have food on your plate, that you have a certain level of comfort to the point where you don't actually have to worry about your finances, that that is where you need to be to find the ultimate level of happiness that you can achieve in a financial realm. Right. And anything beyond that is not necessarily going to increase your happiness. Right. It's interesting, right? Because you could have people who have the philosophy that, let's say, for example, they do have a lot of money. So they're spending much, much more money than someone who doesn't really have that much money and wants to find their happy medium. You know, it's really, it's hard to kind of gauge where the happiness is, especially when it comes to money, because there are people who want to just spend every cent that they make. A lot of people want to put money away for a rainy day or whatever, for a retirement and stuff like that. And that makes sense to a lot of people. But to other people, it's like, spend it. That's what that's what makes us happy. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. So is it a matter of having the comfort and security of having money put away, like you said, so that you aren't worrying about your financial uh, situation? Or is it putting it into material possessions that can yeah. be in excess of what you can actually afford? Yeah. So it is interesting. I mean, you and I are very much... Uh, we don't really, you know, spend a lot of money on things we don't need a lot. No, and, and I think for me, to, a happy financial position was reached when I didn't have to worry about finances. Not including records. <laughs> not including <laughs> records. But just not having no. to worry about, you know, the next bill. And, and not everybody has that luxury. But that's certainly, uh, once you get to that point in terms of balance. Yeah. It can certainly help in your overall contentment in life. But there are, yeah. as you said, there's a lot of people who just will never get to that point, regardless if they increase their salary. Exactly. Then all of a sudden they have to have... They have to a, have more. They a, have to have that sports car. A bigger car house. Yeah. That, like, yeah, a bigger yeah. house, a sports car, whatever. I, I think it really is a matter of individual taste, whether or not you want to, how much you want to put away versus how much you want to spend today. And I think a balance between those two things are, are important as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. But I also want to recognize that there are so many people that will spend a lifetime in a position of not being able to put money away. And, right, uh, exactly. And that's certainly the case too. So money is just yeah. one example and it's uh, and it's different for everybody. Everybody's in a unique circumstance with that and they need to figure out what is right for them. When we talk about, for instance, houses... A lot of times people are always striving for bigger space, more land, more home. And you and I have come to the realization quite quickly that having a bigger house is not something that we want. No, you see, you see these like Hollywood stars and it's just them and their wife, maybe a couple kids. And they've got mansions with like 30 bathrooms. Like who needs that? That is to me is ridiculous excess. Well, and to have a house so large that many of the rooms you wouldn't even go into on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, or how would you find things? Sometimes I can't find my phone in our house. How would how, I find it in a mansion? How would you find people? <laughs> like, if you'd have to have walkie-talkies. I'd be like, Which, Jeff, call my phone. And yeah. and you, we'd have to run around the house to try to hear it ringing. Which wing of the house are you in? Like, that's just not... I mean, it's They just, must have PA systems, because I can't imagine that like, the Kardashians it? are walking around with walkie-talkies. They must have a PA system through their mansions. Why is it that people really feel like they need to have a home that large? It's for show, though. It's status. It's It's exactly status. It's exactly like, look at me. Look at me. 
Well, and then to have a home that big, you have to furnish a home that big with a bunch of things that you don't need. You have to heat that home and create yeah. a carbon footprint that's far larger than you need to create and impact the environment. You got to put a tennis court in there so you can learn tennis. Well, that's right. And then there's a swimming pool, Jeff. We got to have the swimming and pool. You got to learn to swim. But we need six swimming pools. One's not enough. That's right. One for every person in the family. <laughs> and what is with all these bathrooms? I don't get it. I don't know. I know we watched that House Hunters International show and there's this like simple couples and they're like, oh, well, we could never share a bathroom. That's just ridiculous. Like we, this is what we're going to have to scratch this one off. I couldn't, I can't use the same bathroom as you. I know we're, like, we what? share a bed, but we will not share a bathroom. Or they won't like, or they won't <laughs> like to take the house because it doesn't have two sinks in one bathroom. I'm like, what? Who are you people? although there was one morning what was it It was the other day we the three of us all had to we were all at the bathroom sink at once and you're like oh thank goodness we don't all get ready at the same time in the morning (laughs) yeah that's right i was making a alluding to that but i mean really if you think about the two sinks like why is that needed why can't you just organize your morning so that you don't have to brush your teeth at the exact same time is that is that a hard thing to do i know Exactly. Like, it, I, how long are you spending brushing your teeth and in front of the bathroom mirror? Two I, sinks makes sense. It's it's kind of nice, but is it essential? Is it needed? Is it something that everybody should have? No. 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 I agree. I was listening to a podcast. Jay Shetty has a great podcast. He wrote an awesome book called Think Like a Monk. If you haven't read it, check it out. I loved it. And so when I heard he had a podcast, I had to check that one out too. Life on Purpose is the name of it. But he was interviewing Megan Trainer. Do you know oh, who she is? Oh, you told is? me about. You told she's me. She's a, a singer, and she oh, yeah, sings. All about that bass. That's that's her. She's yeah. all about that bass, and it was really interesting because she said that <laughs> they had a her and her husband bought a home, and she was talking about how close they are, and she said there was a toilet and a bidet, and when they were looking at the home. Her husband said, well, we don't need a bidet. We don't use one. So they asked the plumber just to put in another toilet so that they can both use the toilet at the same time because <laughs> I'm not making this up. That's pretty but close. When you would, said they were close. Well, she said what would happen is in the middle of the night, she would wake up to use the bathroom and she would wake him up. And then by the time when she woke him up, then all of a sudden he realized he had to go to the bathroom. Now she's very specific that it was only number one and not number two, but they, but then I'm like, she's so rich. Why couldn't they? Like there's a couple that if they're peeing at the same time, they could have two separate bathrooms. They don't have to be side by side, but that's, I just picture two people sitting on a toilet holding hands. Even one hit wonders can become rich. I mean, at least I, I, I may, I shouldn't uh, assume that she's a one hit wonder. I don't know any other. No, hits of no, hers, she but. actually has recorded quite a bit and oh, she's okay. releasing another album just this fall, I believe. Sorry, Megan. I didn't know that. <laughs> she was actually really fascinating. I was, uh, you know, skeptical when I saw her as being the guest on the podcast, but she's a fascinating woman. Well, that's great. I'll have to listen to it. Yes. Yes, you will. But we're not buying two toilets side by side. But you know what? Like, let's talk about, like, seriously talk about getting a bidet. Like, I like them. <laughs> what was They that? work. There's like this famous scene in Crocodile Dundee where he basically tries to put his boot in the bidet and he's trying to figure out what a bidet is all about. Oh, yeah. So we record our podcast out of North America for those who are listening from elsewhere. And bidets aren't quite as common no. in Canada as they are 
in uh, other parts of the world. But you can outfit a toilet, a regular toilet, with a bidet, bidet pretty easily, I think. Well, that's right. You can get a whole just yeah. attachment kit from Costco, and they there you go. And maybe yeah. you save on the toilet tissue, and yeah. there you go. Clean as a whistle. I don't know where, where we got <laughs> Talk about balance and legume and just the right amount. Let's get a bidet. <laughs> so when we talk about Legom, there's actually two separate strands of it. The first kind is just around social awareness, and it it's the idea that what we do affects other people. So when we think about when there are, say, cookies on a plate, and we decide to take you know, all three of them, well, that means that there isn't anything left for anybody else. I think that we as Canadians always tend to be that one person that doesn't take the last cookie. You're That's right. What we do. We always leave a little bit of something. But didn't Why? you say in Asian cultures, if you eat everything on your plate, yeah, they, they come back more. more? Yeah, they do that with alcohol as well, which is dangerous. Right. So you have to leave a little bit to, to say bit. that you are full, that yeah. you're satisfied. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know if there's other parts of the world that do the Canadian thing of leaving it. We'll basically leave like one chip in a bowl so we're not the last person to have finished it's it. It's very true. And everybody will, it'll eventually get to this little awkward moment where at least one, one, of, one of us Canadians will say, is anyone going to eat that last chip? Because if not, I'll eat it. <laughs> and then they eat it. So just, you know, the idea of sharing, if we try to do things in access, we're not leaving enough for our fellow humans. If we're in line, being patient, realizing there's people in front of us and people behind us and that we're not more important. That is a, that's a wonderful philosophy to, uh, to implement with all of your life, everything about it. And then the second idea around is the second strand of Legom is just that mental shift about contentment and satisfaction, which is really where I spent the, the greater part of the episode. But bigger doesn't mean better. You know, more in our bank doesn't mean we have more status. Access doesn't mean we're necessarily more happy. There are a lot of rich people who are miserable. There are a lot of people with a lot of what we would think are very awesome possessions who are in their mind trying to figure out how they're going to hold on to them because they have to keep making a certain amount of money to pay the mortgage on the huge house to make the car payment to do all of those things because they've gone above and beyond thinking that that was what they needed for their own happiness when they ended up in a situation where it becomes a struggle to maintain just that lifestyle yeah that's a great yeah that's very true i love the idea of uh not going in excess you know, I don't think we've ever really been those people that really went in excess with certain things. Well, with records and stuff. But you know what? I have these records, so I don't have to go to a psychiatrist. Music is my drug. Yeah, it's your drug of choice. Yeah, my drug of choice. I, anyway. I, I find it funny that I haven't brought up records a single time this episode. You've brought them up twice. I feel like there's a little bit of guilt in your excess of records. No, no, no guilt, really. I just figured, why break the streak? You, you know? always say, at least it's not heroin. At least it's not heroin. I don't come home with heroin. I very rarely buy a record work. now. Very rarely. Anyway. Let's <laughs> not talk about records. <laughs> Other things not to do to excess would be exercise. You know, it's important to keep moving, to be healthy, to be active, but we don't need to burn ourselves out to be healthy. And when we do exercise to access, we can be, you know, basically faced with chronic exhaustion, overuse injuries, trouble sleeping, our immune system can be uh, affected. So the idea is that you can 
just make sure that you're regularly active doing things that you enjoy and that you don't need to do it excessively so. Taking a hike in the woods for solitude, personal reflection, going to a yoga class for mindfulness, going for a swim with family and friends. You can sort of combine different aspects of your life to find that balance and uh, also get active. That's one thing that I'm focusing on more now with uh, my life is getting more active, which is good. After a back injury, it's nice to get back to it. Well, the older we get, the more important it is to keep moving before we have to stop moving. That's right. (laughs) That was a depressing way to put it. Keep going. No, it's good. (laughs) Makes sense. Another great way to look at the idea of not going to access in our lifestyle is that we're contributing to sustainability of uh, helping our environment. You know, when we do these things, when we consume too much, uh, whether it be possessions, food, all of those things have impacts on the environment. So it's that idea of balance. And I think even when you go to, you know, your garden, you don't take everything out. You don't pick everything at once. You leave a little. You know, that's all part of letting nature recover. Mm-hmm. And if we just deplete everything, then we're left with nothing. And with that, I'm going to move into Jeff's random tip of the episode. It's time for Jeff's random tip. Random tip number 456. One random tip I'll give you, Jeff, before you go into your random tips. Well, please, by by all means, hijack hijack my random tip. Here's a random tip. When you have one suitcase with all of your clothing in it, and you're, you know, going away to a cottage for the weekend, and you have a wet towel, don't put the wet towel on top of all the clothing in the open suitcase. That's a tip, Jeff. That's a good one. Now, here's mine. Mine is, uh, okay, so say you're a voracious reader and you're like really into like, you know, really understanding your books. You know, you really want to kind of get a, a grasp on character development, for example. Say, like, basically you're studying uh, literature, for example, at university. Well, what you can do is if you have old clothing, you can like, say you have an orange shirt, right? You can cut it, you can cut little bookmarks that are all orange out of that shirt and then all the orange bookmarks that you put the, these little pieces of cloth in your book to show where those great quotes are. Then you want to, you got a blue shirt, so you got a blue shirt, you don't need it anymore. You cut it into little strips, little bookmarks, little tiny little bookmarks, and then those represent something else about the book, maybe setting, whatever it is that you wanted to hearken back to. So they're all color-coded, and you can go back and you can find out what you need to in your book. That's really fascinating could you also use different colors of construction paper rather than cloth yeah but cloth is nice it's kind of like uh you could use construction paper but it's kind of boring and get all bent and stuff but cloth is floppy that's okay you can see it it'll stick out the top of the book it'll flop out of the top of the book though no i feel like it'd be messy in the bookcase looking no it would look cool i think you don't have to go you don't have to make it too much higher than the actual book (laughs) You don't have to like make them like bunny ears. <laughs> I love this tip, Jeff. Thanks. It's great. Yeah. I don't know if it's aesthetically pleasing on the bookshelf. But you know what? This When you use the word voracious, I will just admit that recently I said ferocious. And I was oh. corrected. And Oh, I'm, was I right and you wrong? Yes. Oh. But you weren't the one who corrected no. me. No. 
I'm always appreciative when someone corrects me when I use a word in the wrong... So oftentimes I'll read the word and realize I've never said it. And then when you say it out loud... And I, I mean, I want someone to correct me. I'm in my 40s. I've already yeah. gone 40 years using the wrong word or saying it the wrong way. I don't want to go another 40. So, you know, with one all, of your big all, things everybody is... correct me when they need to. But I, to me, ferocious sounded better because I'm like, it, you're ferocious with your oh, reading. Yeah. Um, and I was using it actually with in the context of reading books. Who, no, well, I, one of the things that you do, though, is you go on Google and you find the right pronunciation for words that you don't. Well, I do once I realize I'm actually saying them wrong. But sometimes well, I feel like the words should be said differently. Like, sometimes you don't know, though. You did that with the author that you you wanted to know. the what What's the name of that author? Do you remember? Oh, well, you mean for this quote? Oh, was it for this quote? Okay. Well, this one was Thomas Merton. That one seemed No, pretty... no, it was another one. It was like you're, the Buddhist book you're reading. I can't remember. Oh, well. That fast. I mean, but, you what know, a test that was. It's a good, it's a good way to remember, miserably. though, is to look it up. He's a Vietnamese Google. monk. Right. I'm just reading some, uh, doing some reading, beefing up all my Buddhism and uh, reading a book by him and realizing I've written, seen his name written so many times and didn't really know how to say it. Yeah. But, uh, yes, there you go. Okay, with that all said and my mispronunciation of words, let me just wrap up this episode and say that follow that Swedish philosophy of Lagom and realize that more is not necessarily better. We can be content with what we have. We can be like Goldilocks and just have enough. Yes, right. Just have enough. Sometimes enough is just enough. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till Til next time. time.